The Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports. Well, good morning, Jerry. How are you? Not too bad, guys. What's happening? Uh, not, not a lot. Let's uh, kind of dig into this. Uh, you, you've seen now seven games, a week of baseball. What has stood out to you? Uh, I, I guess what has stood out is the fact that we have you know, really struggled in almost every facet of the game for a week. And you know, it's, it, I know that the general attention has been paid to, to our offense, but it's really been all elements of the game. We've, we've struggled to make, to make the defensive plays. We've struggled on the bases. We've really struggled in managing the strike zone, both on the mound and from the batter's box. And that's the thing that we pride ourselves on and can control. So, you know, we will turn ourselves around when we get back to doing the thing that we do, which is is managing the strike zone. We're, we are giving up too many free bases. We aren't getting enough of our own. And, and that has to, to flip for us to turn the script to the start of our season. What does that look like, Jerry, behind the scenes? You know, these are professionals. These are uh, grown men. Uh, they certainly, many of them, there's been a lot of continuity, have been around and, and, and know what controlling the zone is all about. How do you go How do you go about reinforcing that, Scott, staff, behind the scenes? I, honestly, it's something we frequently do. We're just, right now, we're struggling in that area. And, and it's not, sometimes that can be the result of, you know, we'll say opposing pitchers filling up the strike zone. And, and as a result, you're just not getting deep into counts or taking your walks. Sometimes it can be that the, the, you're, the opposing lineup is attacking our pitcher quickly. That's not really what's happening. You know, we're swinging outside the strike zone. We are, we are making a lot of non-competitive misses on the pitcher's mound and, and our, our language, you know, from our coaches to our players, they know. And, and as you mentioned, these are guys who've done it before. They've done it very well at this level. They just had a bad week. And, you know, what we can do is show some patience and keep on beating the drum of the process that we know led us to the place that, that, that we've been and, and we want to get back to. It's interesting, uh, kind of. You mentioned the pitching, and, and that's sort of what I focused on. Also, or you've kind of mentioned everything, but the pitching to me has maybe been the most surprising. What do you think it is? I, I noticed that the bullpen has not been striking out as many players, but what what do you point to with the pitching right now? Well, I mean, the simple fact of the matter is, it's hard to strike them out when you're walking them, and you know we're we're just walking way too many hitters. Uh, I, I think. Right now, on one again, one measure is just looking at strikeout and walk ratios. And and right now, we are among the bottom five in the league, both as pitchers and as hitters in that area. And that can't continue. And and our players know that. It's a, we we still see the same physical stuff that we've ever seen. We still see the, the the ability that we know exists with our team. We're just not seeing the execution. And. You know, it's not because we're not prepared. It's not because we're pressing or, or trying too hard or all the different cliches we could throw out there. We just played poorly, and and now we have to go out and play better. And along those, <clears throat> excuse me, along those lines, and and I know this is something that's not measurable, so it's kind of a nuanced deal. But just expectations are a little bit different. You know, it's not trying too hard or, or not focused. But do you think that there's a level that, yeah, you know, that we're, we're now going to live in a world where expectations are different from even a season ago where you ended a drought and, and those players in some capacity feel that weight? 
I don't think that's the case at all. And, you know, it's it, again, it's so early in our season. And, you know, once you've been through baseball seasons, many baseball seasons, like these guys have, and, and like many of us have experienced in our, in our, in our lives, it, the the baseball season is right now fledgling. You know, we've I think we've played less than five percent of our season. So, it's a, I don't think they're looking at broader picture. I don't think they're listening to you know to expectations we expected of ourselves. You know, we we would be disappointed if people didn't expect us to be you know a, a contending club and to go out and win night after night. Uh, so I, I really don't think that is what has you know has has caused us to play poorly for a week. We just simply didn't execute, and you know sometimes that's the answer because you just didn't execute. We're we're physically capable. the The team is prepared. They know who their opponents are. You know, and, and we've we've played at this level for for a long time. We're not dealing with unknowns here. And we, we've just played inconsistent, sloppy baseball, which is not what we typically do. Let's uh, focus on a couple of the individuals and, and what we've seen so far. What what have you made of Jared Kelnick's start to the season? Uh, you know, again, coming out of spring training, it's it, it's hard to get judgy to 15 at-bats. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if all mm-hmm. goes well for Jared, he's going to take – you know, 500, 550 plate appearances and, and you know, to, to get, you know, too far in the weeds over 15 at bats. I like the fact that he's used the, the left side of the field. I like the fact that he's seeing pitches. Uh, you know, it's, I'd love to see him get some traction and, and see the results show up. But by and large, you know, he's a, it's, it's again, it's 15 at bats. It's got a couple of hits. This is the, the season is so young that after, you know, driving people crazy with their their struggles one day got to Oscar Hernandez and AJ Pollock back to above league average offensive performers <laughs> so it's a it's that's where we are in the baseball season and that could be Jared Kelnick in two days you know it's, again such a such a small sample to work with but I'm happy with where he is physically uh, how about Luis Castillo couldn't be better you know <laughs> I, I mean it's a it's a very few players that, that we have that really got out of the gates and, and blew it up. And, and the rock is certainly at the top of the list. He's, he's had two magnificent starts has, you know, has really kept us floating because at, at two and five, the, the two wins we have are in Louis starts. And it's, it's, uh, it's remarkable how good he's been. And, and the funny thing is, you know, during the spring, everybody was wringing their hands about where Luis was and, and celebrating, you know, the rest of the group. So, Happy with Luis, really happy with the first start out of the shoot for Logan Gilbert. You know, there, there have been highlights, especially, you know, among core type players. But by and large, you know, it's, again, it's so early in the season. You don't want to get too far ahead of yourself in, in assessing such a small sample. Well, obviously, the, the the toughest thing that did happen in that week was the Robbie Ray injury and him going to the injured list. I don't know if there's an answer to this question or not, but how do you keep a flexor as a flexor and not let it turn into an elbow? Let it quiet down, which is what we're doing right now. And, you know, we were very encouraged that we weren't dealing with anything more significant right now than a, than a flexor. And, and I can't tell you that it wouldn't turn into an elbow, but I'm not a doctor. And, 
And I don't think anyone else that, that, that is not named Robbie Ray can tell us what it feels like. And, uh, you know, he didn't feel great. And, and he told me afterward that he, he felt warming up in the bullpen for game two of the season. He, as good as he's ever felt. Said it might have been his best warm-up ever. <laughs> so, it's a funny game. And, you know, that's a big loss for us. He was throwing the ball incredibly well in the spring. But, you know, the good thing is that we don't see it right now as a, a season-long issue. We feel like this can resolve itself in weeks rather than months, and, and that's encouraging for the broader picture. Had he dealt with this before in, in any capacity over his career? No, never. He's been remarkably healthy. Uh, you know, Robbie has had, you know, one of the, the boxes that he has checked in his career is durability and has never missed any significant time has never really dealt with, with injury, uh, you know, throwing arm injury. And, and this is a, this is a first for him. So, you know, we're treading into a little bit of the unknown, but we have a wonderful medical team, Kyle Torgerson and Rob Scheidegger and, and our team docs are, are attentive. And I know Robbie will do the work. So it's a, it's about knowing that an issue exists, you know, putting together a program, that allows him to strengthen the area and and not sending him out to pitch until we're all you know comfortable with the fact that we've we've gotten past the, the issue. I don't know if there's an answer to this question either, but we had somebody uh, who texted the show the other day asking whether or not throwing a new pitch as Robbie was doing can have an effect on something like this. Is there any is there any correlation there, or do we just not know? Uh, it can, but we don't know. And you know, it's a for instance, I, I think. The, the minority would be the number of pitchers we have on our staff who aren't working on new pitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's uh you know, it could happen. It could happen just rolling out of bed. And, you know, but my, my general take on things like this is it's, it's not a single event. It's not a pitch that does it. You know, it's, it's kind of like pounding a rock, you know, the, the, the first strike, all you're doing is, is weakening the rock, but you know, it might be a thousand, it could be 10,000 strikes later where you finally break it through. And, and that's kind of how these things work is it's, it's probably not a pitch or even you know, a couple of hundred pitches. It's usually something much more significant than that. It's one week. It's seven games of a baseball season, but just curious with all of the rule changes, what did you find the most positive to the game? Uh, you know, for us, not a lot. We, we just didn't play well. We, we, we played fast. <laughs> and I, I guess uh, the, the, I could I could say that the positive for us was we we got it over quickly, but the league wide I, I think watching around the the league I love what's happening with the stolen base. It's so exciting to watch the teams that are really taking advantage of that. Um, you know, it's it's truly fun to turn on a Diamondbacks game and watch them run around the field, and you know that's been a real positive. I do think the pace of play has been awesome. Uh, and by and large, with, with the exception of a few maybe higher profile uh, cases, I, I think the players have adapted remarkably well to it. And it's, uh, it's, it's fun to watch a game. It goes, it goes crisp. There's always action. And, you know, that's been fun. Uh, I also think it's been interesting to, to watch from a strategic position the way clubs use their, their disengagements, you know, the step-offs or the picks, especially what we watched in the Angel series with the pickbacks at second base. It's a, it's a very uh, unique thing that we're dealing with because in all our baseball lives, we've never had restriction in that area. So, you know, we're, I don't really see a huge difference yet in, in the shift, but, you know, by and large, I don't, I don't, with the way we've, we've played, I don't know that I could use, 
our games as a great barometer by which to measure the effectiveness of the of the rule change. But you know, league wide, we're seeing results. So, I, generally positive. League wide, any of these rule changes more challenging than others to adapt to? No, I, I don't. I, again, I think the having the the spring training schedule to adjust the the players. Again, I think league-wide, we've not really heard, you know, a lot of the, the, the rumbling about, you know, the, the rule changes, especially the pitch clock, that I might have anticipated. Even dating back to mid-spring, I think the players, you know, they understand that this is, this is baseball in 2023, and they've made their adjustments, and we're moving on. What is the uh, effect on an arbitration case next year if Ty France steals 20 bases? Mm. Uh Pretty heavy, and it should be. <laughs> There's a, I, I don't know if I'm taking the, the over on that no. one, but I, it's Ty France stealing third base. I thought one of the, I mean, one of the fun highlights of our of our opening homestand, and and I think you know an example of how th- this team is loose. You know, we're an incredibly loose bunch. We've got Ty France, you know, acting the part of Ricky Henderson. We've got. You know, we, we've got a lot of emotion, the, the jump around fun at, at the, the first strike of a positive outcome. And, you know, but I, I think the, the bigger threat in, in arbitration for, for Ty France to go out and, and really break the bank is if he continues to hit 360 with a, with a 450 on base. <laughs> that might be the trick. He's looked really good. I mean, I know it's, again, only a week, but it, it has been comforting, I think, to see some of the guys on this team kind of pick up where they left off, or in his case, show that whatever was bothering him towards the end of last year, it didn't carry into this season. I know there was some debate as to whether it was his wrist or whether it was just some approach or whatever, but certainly seeing him start like this has to be encouraging. Very. And I, I, you know, Ty is, he's always been a hitter. And, you know, the second half last year was so atypical of his career. He's, he's a great hitter and, and has always been, he was in college. He was through the minors and he has been since he's been with the Mariners sounds uh, half a season where he was really beaten up. And I, I am encouraged by what's happening right now. I'm particularly encouraged you know, I, I think yesterday, and this sounds uh, unusual because we lost the game and uh, and it wasn't necessarily an offensive barrage, but yesterday was a real turning point in, in my mind for our offense, and Ty was, was something in the middle of it as a catalyst, as he's been with his bat since opening day. But yesterday we finally saw pitches. We forced the opponent to throw pitches in a way that – that the Mariners do, and and I think that has the potential to really have you know a long-lasting positive effect on us uh, over the course of the season, and and that was encouraging to see. And Ty was right in the middle of it, you know, because his first hit by pitch of the season it won't be the last. And you know, he took his walk. He had he had good long at bats, and and I think uh, I, the others around him started to feed off of that. Jerry, I, I understand it's challenging to talk about any player one week into a season, but you know one of the things we've seen here or talked about maybe in the past is that when new guys come to Seattle and they maybe struggle a little bit early, as we saw with Jesse Winker last year, that maybe this park, et cetera, can kind of get in their head. Do you have conversations, does Scott have conversations with guys like Colton Wong, Tay Oscar, et cetera, who are just starting their Mariner career about what to expect and how things can change here? It doesn't even require 
Scott or I to talk about that. The other players will talk with one another about it. And, you know, I think the, the fact that Teoscar, you know, jerked up about 880 feet with the homers uh, the night before last probably, you know, quelled some of those concerns. Colton really hadn't gotten on track yet, but that's it, it, that will happen. These guys have long track records. I think they'll do the thing that we need them to do for us to be successful. And uh, there's, I really have no doubt. And my guess is that they don't either. It's it's a week in in a long baseball season. It's not the first time they're going to go one for 17. It's not the the first time that the club is going to drop five out of seven, or not the last time, I should say. And it's it's the natural ebb and flow of a season. And when you get veteran players like Teo, like Colton Wong, like AJ Pollock, or you know, frankly, like Gino Suarez and Ty France, they've seen it before, and and they've gone through these types of ebbs and flows. And this is they will accept this as just another one. We see it a little bit differently as a as a Mariners support community because of the thing you just said. Now it's it's been something talked about here for many years predating my arrival there's and i have heard it talked about with the players i don't really think the players take that into consideration they just go out and play their game <laughs> uh you know jerry much like uh, your organization's got people behind the scenes crunching numbers and putting things together mora and justin do an amazing job for salk and i mora gathers so much sound working super hard justin every day sends us on this day in history for example, the Twinkie was invented on this day in 1930. But more privy and more important to our conversation was the great Ron Blomberg. Do you remember Ronnie Blomberg? On this day in 1973 became the first designated hitter in baseball. And I bring up designated hitter because we have watched that thing evolve. I had a great conversation with Passon about it earlier in this earlier in the week. How many teams operate the designated hitter in the process in the way that you guys do. I guess my question to you is philosophically, why aren't there more great designated hitters in today's game? I don't have an answer to that. You know, that perhaps we should bring, you know, Ronnie Blomberg back. It's a, <laughs> it's a, he's, you know, it's a, I, I, I do think that what we do with our DH is more in the majority in our league than, than one might expect. I, I do think that there are sluggers in this league, but we've we have used the DH position for a number of years now. Really, you know, since the departure uh, of 2019. So for a number of years, we had Edgar, we had Nelly Cruz, you know, and then in 19, I think we had some combination of, of Vogi and, and Edwin Encarnacion. Since then, we've generally rotated with our with our designated hitter. And I think other teams in the league, you know, if you don't have a Gene Carlos Stanton, as a for instance, then you're probably better served to use it as an opportunity to create matchups, be it a handedness matchup, a, 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 hist a history matchup in, in terms of the, the hitter versus the pitcher. You know, it, it gives you a chance to get players off their feet for a day who you might not want to play defense. And, you know, for us, it started – by, by intending to do that with Mitch Hanniger. And we just think it's the smarter way to go. And uh, I think over time, that'll work itself out. And 
know, it's, I, I think it's, it's something that in 2023 is more common in baseball than, than maybe you might think. Yeah, I wouldn't have, I just, I don't know, I just would not have guessed that 10 years ago. If you would have said to me, hey, here's one trend 10 years from now, I would have thought there would always be a place for a guy that's an elite hitter that, you know what, maybe he can't play the field. Maybe he's a big guy that can't run as well, but that guy can just flat out rake and that guy can just flat out hit. I, it just, I, I don't know. I, I would have bet wrong on that 10 years ago that, hey, in the, in 2023, you would have less than one hand of guys that qualify at bats to be just a pure DH. Yeah, believe me, if, if somebody shows up at the doorstep tomorrow by way of player <laughs> development or is available to us in trade or free agency that we feel fits that bill, we'd sign them in a minute. Yep. <laughs> but we, we don't really, we don't really have uh, the inroads toward that player. And, and in you know as as a roster building mechanism, we think it's smart to to use that position and rotate it. It gives you the ability, especially when all of our players are healthy and clicking on all cylinders, to keep the hot bats in the lineup, to get somebody off their feet, to, um, and the the DH as the you know the cleanup hitter who's out there you know banging it around. It's just it it hasn't really been that way for a number of years. Yeah. Jerry, uh, with the off day today, sometimes that's a, a time for your staff to get together and, and make any decisions that need to be made about the roster. Should we expect any roster moves today or tomorrow? No, no. You know, it's a, there's as a general rule, first of all, we're even, it is so early in the season that we're still roughly a week away from being able to option players regardless. So, uh, you know, that's just built into the baseball uh, rules network. And, you know, moreover, and I think this is, I've, I, I've said this many times in the past, that you, your first, you know, the first third of your season, or, or in this case, you know, we'll call it 45 days. We'll give it 45 days into a season before we really start to look at the roster, like what's going right, what's going wrong here. So, you know, sometimes an off day in early April is just an off day in early April. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can be frustrated by how poorly we've played, but to over adjust to, to get too anxious about what you just saw in a seven day stretch is you're probably going to make more mistakes than, than correct moves by, by over adjusting too quickly. And so, you know, we'll wait and, and be patient with this roster as we have in years past, you know, we'll, We'll do what we can do to, to help them get back on track. But I think the, the, the simplest thing, and, and this goes back to the, the discussion we had about Ty France, you know, what we did yesterday was encouraging to me. You know, we took our walks. We found our way on base. Our team thrives when we're on base. We do hit homers, and, and we have. We've hit some homers, but we have to be on base. And, and we still have – we have a number of, of players who, you know, aren't, I would say – aren't struggling offensively, but they're not taking their walks. And, and what walks do is it just creates traffic and we're seeing it with our pitching staff. And, you know, the, the traffic is what creates when, when we do make that defensive miscue, when we do read the fly ball wrongly, when the ball does drop in on a blooper or the little, you know, the the little Gork or C and I, you know, ground ball squeaks through the infield when there's traffic out there, that's how it turns into runs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're allowing that as a pitching staff and we're not doing it as a lineup. So, you know, that's where our season will turn. And, and there's still so much time to get there. And we have players that have that in their skill set. And they'll do it again. 
Jerry, real quick before we let you go here, any update on Evan White? I, I noticed he had been out of the lineup for a couple of days in Tacoma. How is he doing? Evan's going to be out for a while, uh, and it's unfortunate. We found out the day before yesterday, you know, another another groin-related issue that, that could keep him out for, for upwards of two months again. Oh, and it's, uh, it's unfortunate for Evan that, that every time he starts to, to take a step forward or make a little progress is – is uh he's unable to to stay out on the field and you now that's it's one of the things we're going to have to to help him work through but there's there is no uh, likelihood that he's going to be on the major league field anytime soon and and he won't be out in Tacoma either what a bummer well Jerry uh obviously a frustrating week hopefully when we talk to you a week from today things will be exactly the opposite you'll go 5 and 2 between now and then and everything will be great and uh we'll look forward to it we'll talk to you next week thanks Jerry All right, guys.